0: you guys doing I can't see you but I know you're here and you look beautiful and handsome very good very good I'm wrapped up tied up tangled up in Jesus man old ladies used to say that when I was young and I would hear that on gospel records and I'd be like I don't know what they're saying but it sounds cool like I'm tangled up in Jesus what does that look like you know you're a kid you're like what are you talking about and when it was so cool cuz when Jenny was telling me what you guys were talking about right now and I started thinking well what is the will of the father what's the will of the father and I thought oh the will of the father is wrapped up it's tied up and it's tangled up in Jesus It is, it's all centered and focused around Jesus. It's always been about him from the very beginning. The devil thought he had put a plan in motion that was gonna mess something up, right? He thought his will would trump the will of God, ha, ha, ha. ha! Because before he even presented that fruit to Eve, God had a plan in play. And it was J-E-S-U-S. Let's read about it. Let's begin at the end. Revelation 13.8. Don't get scared. Revelation 13.8. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast. (laughs) What are we talking about? All whose names have not been written in the Lamb's Book of Life, the Lamb—here it is—who was slain from the creation of the world. Some translations say before the foundation of the world. God already had a plan in play—the will of the Father, their sovereign will, the plan. This thing that set in motion that we just get to be in the middle of, right? Is all centered and focused around his son. Colossians 1, 15 and 16. I love this. I kind of memorized this as a rap. Eddie, you going to rap it with me? No, we're not going to do that here. Christ is the visible I- No, I'm kidding. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything. Somebody say everything. In the heavenly realms and on earth, he made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything, say everything again, was created through him and for him. Wow. Everything is created through Jesus and for Jesus. Wow. The will of God the cosmic story we're in the middle of that's being carried out in this universe as we know it. It's all wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in Jesus. And because of this, the Son fully understands the will of the Father. One day when Jesus was on the earth, you know, we always talk about the 12, right? Because he had 12 close disciples. The Bible says one day he, he had a bunch of disciples and he pulled the 12 close to him. He called them to walk closely with him. But there were so many more. And on this particular day, he's sending out 72 of them, two by two, to go and do his will. And then they come back and they are excited Luke chapter 10, verses 17 through 20. Luke chapter 10, the 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus, what are you talking about? Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Wow. If he had stopped right there, that's enough to shout about, isn't it? I saw Satan fall. Do you know who I am? I was there when he fell from heaven. But Jesus says, nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Wow. Wow. Don't rejoice about what you did or what you got to do. Here's here's what you need to rejoice about. The fact that you know me. The fact that you get to be with me forever. You should expect that demons are going to obey you. (laughs) I saw Satan fall like lightning. Everything was created through me. Do you know who I am? That's expected. Don't even get excited about that. Here's what you can get excited about. The fact that you know me. And I think sometimes that's what we get obsessed with. Our experience here. What's your plan for me? What am I gonna do? Is it gonna be this or that? And we focus all of our attention on that. And we forget even that's just a, a blurp. even that's just a vapor what will happen forever and ever is that we get to be with Jesus nothing will ever compare to knowing Jesus the will of the father is that we know the son the will of the father is that we know the sun, and I know you're like Clarissa we're at 318 live we're young people we know that right because you could be doing anything right I mean when I was your age I surely wouldn't have been in church on a Monday night but if we're not careful we'll skip over this because we're here we're here in the south we're in Bozier, Shreveport there's a church everywhere everywhere turn your church, church everywhere you go there's a church right Food and church. Food, come on. But anyway, let's talk about food. No, I'm kidding. Let's not talk about food, <laughs> Lord. Uh, food and church. So sometimes you'll meet somebody and you'll be like, "Do you know Jesus?" And they'll say, "Oh yeah, I've been going to that church since I was five, and I was baptized when I was eight, and I was," and then you look him in the eye, you say, "No, but that's not what I asked. Do you know Jesus?" Well, I mean, I know he's the Son of God, and I know what no, 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 I just want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Right? I mean, we know how this works in the natural. If I said, do you know Aaliyah? You're like, yeah, I know Aaliyah. She goes to 318. She's cool. She got that cool makeup and stuff. You know, I know her. No, you don't. No, because if you knew her, you'd have more to say about it. If I said, do you know Jenny? You say, oh, I know she's from Florida. I think she's from Florida, you know? She's kind of funny and you don't know Jenny cuz I got some st- no I'm kidding. You don't. Know. But you know what I mean? You know how this works in the natural, right? They can quote scriptures. They know them better than you. Come on. They pull out Philippians 4:13 when it's convenient. When they need a job. I can do all things. Hey, and they start stomping around. You're like, "What are you talking about? What are you talking?" "You can?" I mean, I thought you had to know Jesus, but never mind. Right? right? I mean, I'm guilty. I've been here. There used to be a choir stand up here. Can you picture it? Can you see it? And little old me with a robe on. <laughs> Lord, it was a mess. We would wear fancy clothes and they'd make us put that robe on. What's up with that? But anyway, that's a long story. <laughs> 16 years ago, didn't know Jesus to save my life. Yeah, but I was singing And I was smiling, and I would even dance every now and again. And if someone would have come in here, they would have said, oh, look at her. She knows Jesus. But they didn't know what I knew. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. And when my life went to pieces at the end of that year, I was right back in the club doing whatever I wanted to do. Why? Because I didn't know Jesus. We can't skip this. We can't assume that everybody understands. Even Jesus talked about this. Let's go to the scariest scripture in the Bible. No, it's not scary. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. This is Jesus talking. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, this is the part that gives me, ooh, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, wow, I never knew you. Away from me. You evildoers, I never knew you. Well, I'm going to give you a Greek lesson real quick. That word new right there is "gnosko," and I'm not saying it completely correctly, but you can still repeat it after me: "gnosko." Very good, "gnosko." Jesus said, "I never gonoscoed you. I didn't know you personally." That was, that's what that word means. We weren't first-hand acquaintances. You did it in my name. Yeah, because my name has power apart from you. My name has power. There's stories in the Bible of people using Jesus' name to cast out demons. The name, the demons have to bow. Even if we don't know who he is, they know who he is. Wow. I never personally knew you. My name was on your lips, but my name was not on you. You didn't really know me. And this is where we have to be careful. Because especially where we are, people think they can get around the blood and still get in. But there's no secret entrance. (laughs) There's no back door. You come by the blood or you don't come. There is no other way by which men must be saved. The will of the Father is that we know the Son. He went through great lengths, didn't he? So that we would have that opportunity. Mm, He's good. Salvation, that's our starting point. Our starting point, John 14, 5 through 7. Thomas said to him, they still didn't get it. They had been with Jesus almost three years at this point. This is right before the end. Over three years, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Wow. That's a point of contention in our world, isn't it? It's hard to have conversations with our friends about salvation, isn't it, sometimes. Because if we believe that, And they don't, then they're wrong. And so sometimes we don't even want to talk about it, right? We don't want to bring that. We'll get around to that one day. But if it's true, we probably better get to it a little sooner, don't you think? Jesus said, if you really know me, you will know my father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus said, I am the way. If you really know me, you will know my Father. The will of the Father is that we know the Son because the Father knows us the only way we can know him. And he so desperately wants us to know him. He's so good. Salvation is the starting point. It's the starting line to knowing Jesus. But getting to know him growing in our relationship with him and our knowledge of him and our understanding of what it means to be a new creation. That's another story. Second Peter three, 17 and 18. You already know these things, dear friends. Peter is summing up his whole, his whole letter. He's ending it. This is the period. He's putting the period on it. He said all of this stuff. And then he says this at the very end, all this stuff I already told you, you already know that. So be on guard Then you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people because people were trying to twist the gospel and lose your own secure footing. Rather, you must, everybody say must, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. You must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Must grow. Have you ever been stale in your relationship with Jesus? I mean, you know him. You're saved and you know it and you're secure in that. But you're just kind of right here. You're just kind of stalled out. It's because you're supposed to be continually growing in your knowledge of him. Getting to know him. That's a part of our sanctification. It's a big word. It's a theological word. People have messed it up. Let's simplify it. Sanctification. Living as the set apart children of God. Living out the holy lives we were recreated to live. The will of the father is that we get to know the son. That's the only way you can be in real relationship, right? If I get to know you. Same thing with Jesus. And the only way that we will truly get to know Jesus is if we are willing to listen to him. Are you willing to listen to him? See, a lot of time we we approach God with God with all these questions. Will you? Won't you? Can I? Should I? And sometimes he's answering us. But he can't get through All these questions, we're we're asking the wrong questions. The question we need to be asking ourselves is, are we willing? Because God is always speaking. Are we willing to listen? The will of the Father is that we listen to the Son. How do we know? Luke 9, 34 through 36 while he was speaking, this is Peter. Peter is talking. He just saw Jesus transfigured in his glory with Moses and Elijah, and he doesn't know what to do, right? So he's like, do we p- build some temples, some tabernacle? What do we do right here? Do we, do we have church? And Jesus doesn't even answer him. And while he's talking, a cloud appeared and covered them. Picture that. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. Wow. A voice came from the cloud saying, this is my son, whom I have chosen. Listen to him. Listen to him. Don't just hear what he says. Listen. Come on, we all know there's a difference. You can hear me talking, but you can tune me out, right? If you've been a kid, which we've all been a kid, we know how this works. It's Charlie Brown. My mom still, oh, don't tell her I said that. Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. Never mind, I'm gonna start over. We I never said that, mom. You're not watching, no, I'm kidding. But really, your parents could sound like that teacher in Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 wah. I know Eddie, if you know Eddie, that's probably how he hears me all the time. Mom, you already said this. I already know this. I already know this. So he doesn't listen to me, and he might miss something crucial and when we've been walking with Jesus for just a little while and someone tells us something that we've already heard we can be quick to tune it out don't tell me I'm the only one love your enemies someone says that to me oh I already know that I'm supposed to love my enemies no I'm not loving my enemies (laughs) don't get me wrong I ain't doing that with that word you already gave me but I know that right I don't want to listen to that Because if I really listen, i got to do something. And that's the definition of the word listen right here. It's take notice of and act on. Uh Uh-oh. Take notice of and act on what someone says. Comprehend by hearing. Grasp onto the truth to mentally understand what you're hearing. And then put it into practice. Uh Uh-oh. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. I know I give you a lot of scripture, but you know what? The word's going to linger with you more than my word, so here we go. 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. Foolish. Love my enemies? <laughs> foolishness. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person, which we all are supposed to be, judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord is to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Uh-oh. So you mean there's no excuses? You mean God has given me the mind to understand his truth? So I don't get to go around and say, I don't understand that. I don't get to do that. I mean, I can do it. But what will it profit me? Because the will of the Father is that I listen to the Son. Man, God gives us the mind of Christ. He's so good. He gives it to us. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. He gives it to us. So now I'm excuseless. God uses the word and the spirit always working together. The Word of God on the page and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus on the inside of us to talk to us. How does this look practically? Because we want to make it complicated, but it's not. Practically, look in the Word. What does Jesus say? Read your Bible. Listen to the Spirit. How do I live this out? Pray and meditate on what you read. It's so simple we want to make it more spookier than that don't we we want it to be harder I just can't hear you God but you just read in your devotion this morning my peace I leave with you why didn't you grab a hold of that what do you ta- what do you mean you can't hear me you do 12 devotions <laughs> every morning You listen to 10 worship songs on your, you didn't hear me speaking to you when Jen Johnson was singing? Are you kidding me? Oh, you can't hear me. No, are you listening? Are you listening? And then it works the opposite. Listen to the spirit. What did you say? Look in the word. Would you even say that? See, I get so tired of people saying, man, Clarissa, I heard this, but I'm not really sure if it's God. And I'm like, well, did you check? Did you check? Did you try to see if you could find it anywhere, that something would back that up? Oh, no, I was just hoping you'd tell me. Huh? (laughs) Let me go check. Hold on. You know, I don't know. I got to check, too. What are we talking about? Listen to the spirit, look to the word. You hear, you hear this voice say, you're setting yourself up for failure spending so much time alone with him. Uh, what? But I like him, and he likes me, and he loves Jesus, right? He's cool, all that. And then you hear it again, oh, you probably shouldn't go there tonight. What? But he loves Jesus, right? Same circle, right? But we don't look to the word to see. Is that something God would even say? And then we run up on flea fornication. Oh, Lord. Oh. And then we're like, oh, okay. I see what you're saying, Jesus. You're trying to get me to, ooh, (laughs) I don't want to, ooh, okay. Right? But we don't want to do that. Because sometimes we just really don't want to hear what he has to say. Because he loves Jesus. Right? Because that's where we, we want this. And God's saying that. And we know if we really start listening to what he's saying, ooh, we might not like what he has to say. Listen to the sun. Make an effort to hear from him. Be alert and ready to hear what he's saying. And listen, don't despise this time. Because that's kind of what's happened with our world, right? Give it to me quick. I, what's the weather? Boop. What are my friends doing? Boop. Everything's so simple, so easy. So we figure that this thing with Jesus is going to be easy. Like he's going to tell us something one time and we're going to get it and everything's going to be fine. No. It takes time. Don't despise the time it takes to get to know Jesus. As you listen to him, to the word and the spirit, you will know him more and more. And the more you know him, here's where we're trying to get, the more you will become like him. The will of the father, know my son, listen to my son so that you can live like my son. First John 2, 3 through 6. And we can be sure, here we go, this is a great scripture. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. That's a big if. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commandments, here we are. Wow. That person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. Not when I sing a song, not when I show up to church and serve, mm, mm. not when I show up for prayer. No, no. What does it say right here? Those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That's how I show it. That is how we know we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Wow. There's that word again. No. No. How do we know him? Gnosko. Those who say they are personally acquainted with Jesus, they should live like Jesus did. Those who really know me firsthand will live like I lived when I was in the world. But this word like has no meaning to us anymore, right? Eddie, I'm sorry, I can't believe you're here because I have to tell another story about you. But he can't tell me a story because everything is like. And then like he said, and then like, but she like, and then I wasn't sure, so I said like, you know, like, like. like. What are you talking about? We have just made this, this word is nothing anymore in the English language. And I'm always saying, Eddie, what what do you mean? We almost started a like jar, we don't need a swear jar we're holy. No, I'm kidding. We don't need a swear jar at my house. We need a like jar. Because if they say it one more time, oh, no, I'm kidding. Oh Lord, pray for me. Jesus, Woo! almost went there. Oh, Lord, I need to live like Jesus. G- okay, no. Um, seriously, this word like, we've forgotten what it means. This is the definition of the word like. Having the same characteristics or qualities as, in the same way that, having the same characteristics as Jesus. Can that be said of you? Having the same qualities as Jesus. Living in the same way that Jesus lived. Can that be said of you? Living like Jesus means more than just doing what Jesus did. This is what we have to get. Because sometimes we get so obsessed with with doing good things that we think that's it. Listen, people who don't know Jesus do good things all the time. There are billionaires building orphanages in Africa. Have you done that lately? I haven't. That don't know Jesus, right? They feed the poor. They give clothes to people who have no clothes. They build schools for impoverished cities. I mean, you can do a lot of good stuff. Even stuff Jesus would have done but not know him, it's very possible. But if you're going to live like him, You're going to need his spirit. And the only way you get a spirit is if you know him, right? As we grow to know Jesus, as we look into the word and listen to the spirit, we become like him. Not just do what he did. We need to be striving to be like Jesus. This is when we begin to change from the inside out, we're thinking differently. I used to think this way about everything, but now I think this way. I used to see that person and I, and I saw them this way, but now I'm like, Paul, I see no one from a human point of view. Inside out, inside out. Outside in, that's religious. I can do the right things and maybe it'll make me right. It usually doesn't work. Inside out. Living like the sun requires us to continually renew our minds with his word. Yes, and most people I know have that down. But here's the gap, especially with my friends who are in your age group. Listen, you guys know the word. You do. And I applaud it. And it excites me. It gives me hope. But this is the gap that I keep seeing. You know it, but you won't apply it. How many times do you have to do that Bible study before you will do what you learn to do? Why is the gap so wide? Is it because you're afraid you're gonna make the wrong decision? Hmm, lots of information, lots of spiritual education, lots of real revelation. I have conversations with people your age and I'm like, wow. You need to, <laughs> that's what you need to post on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, I get all excited. But then I see their life and I'm like, wait a minute. The thing you told me, that was the answer to your question. And you aren't doing, I'm confused. Living like the sun requires application of the word. It requires practicing what you know to be truth. The only way we're going to live like the sun is, it's real simple. It's if we try. Just try. Just try. Just try. The will of the Father is that we live like the Son. And I'm going to wrap this up. But I want you to know that there's, there's three ways that you can live like Jesus did. And number one, you just need to be loyal. Be loyal. Nobody's loyal anymore. It breaks my heart. Well, we were friends, but then she and then he and then. What are you talking about? Where's your loyalty? Jesus is and was loyal to the Father. He said, I only say what the Father says. I only do what the Father He was so loyal. All he talked about was the Father. We need to be loyal if we want to be like Jesus. Jesus said, well, Jesus, James said, but Jesus said, because Jesus is the word of God. James wrote, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided, here's that word, loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Oh, this is the part that hurts. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Listen to me. I know you guys want to know the will of God. So here, listen to this. Your loyalty to God will directly affect your stability in life. Your inability to make good decisions may be the direct result of your divided loyalty. You don't know your own mind. Why? Because God and the world, right? You get on Insta on Sunday and you just left church and all your girlfriends are out and they, none of them went to church. Some are in Florida, some are here, some are there. But you know you have this, God has told you, you cannot, you cannot forsake that community. You know that you have to be there. You know it. But, but your friends... They love Jesus, too. I mean, at least that's what they say. But they're not in a community. Why do I have to be God? It's so easy to be pulled between God and the world. God says that I should love everyone, no matter what color they are, no matter how old they are, no matter where they're from. But my dad always taught me that people who didn't look like me were less than me and that they were dumb and uneducated, and he called them some names, and, and oh, who should I side with? Because my dad is mad about the news, and <laughs> he keeps pulling me into these conversations, and I'm being pulled, my loyalty is divided. Which one will I pick? Choose Jesus. Choose Jesus. Be loyal. If we want to live like Jesus, we have to be loyal. If we want to live like Jesus, we have to be loving. Jesus is loving. Will we all say amen to that? He's so loving that he died as us, right? The Bible says, okay, you want to know what love is? This is how you know what love is. Jesus laid down his life for his friends. Be loving. And the message It says, this is how we've come to understand and experience love. Christ sacrificed his life for us. This is why we ought to, this is our response, live sacrificially for our fellow believers and not just be out for ourselves. Wow. If you see some brother or sister in need and have the means to do something about it, but turn a cold shoulder and do nothing, what happens to God's love? Wow, this is strong. It disappears. And you made it disappear. Mmm. But I'm just not naturally loving. And I mean, I've tried, right? It's just easier for me to love people who are like me. You know, Clarissa, you do, you know that? Yeah, I know. But I also know that I have the Spirit of God on the inside of me. The Spirit that overcomes the world. The Spirit that Jesus had. And so if Jesus can be on a cross bleeding... And say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If he can have that kind of love and compassion on people who were straight up evil. Who am I? Who am I to say I can't love my enemies? To say I can't love those who hate me? Am I better than Jesus? No. Be loyal, be loving. And last but not least. Be lowly, not lonely, lowly. Jesus was lowly. Don't let that trip you up. Let's hear Jesus' words, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Jesus said that and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus said, I am lowly in heart. A lowly heart is a humble heart. Now listen, we teach some weird things. If you're humble, you won't really know it. What? Then how will I ever know? <laughs> so confused, right? But Jesus never sinned, the Bible says. So he couldn't have been puffed up in pride in this moment. And he says, I'm lowly in heart. Moses pins these words, and people joke about it, but he did it under under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Moses said, and Moses was the humblest man that ever lived. And people laugh. They're like, Moses wrote that. (laughs) No, the Holy Spirit wrote that through Moses. Jesus knew he was humble, and he invites us to be like him. Philippians two, three through eight. Don't be selfish. Oh, don't try to impress others. Uh oh. Then why did I go buy these boots? Be, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourselves don't look out only for your own interests but take on the interest take an interest in others too you must have you must here we go again you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had though he was god he did not think of equality with god as something to cling to instead he gave up his divine privileges he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. My God, when he appeared in human form, as if that wasn't humbling enough, think of it. He created Mary and then he subjects himself to be an embryo in her womb, to grow in there for nine months. How humbling. He set this whole creation thing in motion, and he subjects himself to the creation he created. The king of kings? The lord of lords? How humbling. He humbled himself in obedience to God. Oh, that's why. And he died a criminal's death on a cross. A sinless God died like a sinful criminal He let go of his deity for you and me. Wow. The very least we can do is be humble before him and with each other. It's the very least we can do. Take the low place. Get good at honoring others get good at giving God the credit for the good things you do practice it even if your fre- your flesh is crawling you know what I'm talking about when they're overlooking you and they're praising somebody else and you're like oh if they don't look me in the eye because they know I did that they know it was me you know what I'm talking about your flesh is just crawling because you want you want me look at me Jesus didn't do that and he could have he had every right to and if he didn't do it maybe we shouldn't do it too the truth is when you live your life listening to the son you can never take the credit for who you become never only God can get the glory Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine, your light, so others can see it. Then they will see the good things you do. And they will bring glory, not to you. You did it, but not to you. Oops, sorry, too bad. They're going to bring glory to your Father in heaven. And this is the question I want you to honestly answer in your heart tonight. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with that? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to die to yourself every single day. Because everything in us wants to get the glory too. Everything. Let's just be real. Are you okay with curing cancer and God getting the glory? Come on now. You worked hard for that PhD. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with reforming a classroom that nobody else could reform and having kids getting A's and being overlooked and God getting the glory? Are you okay with that? Because you gotta settle that in your heart. We're all going to have to do that. Why do you want to do the will of God? What is your real motivation? So you can have a good life, a good job, a good wife, a nice bank account, come on, let's be real, why? Why? Is it so that God can get the glory for whatever you do? If what we do becomes more important than knowing Jesus, we will become self-centered and prideful and lose focus of what really matters. And at the end of this life, we'll find that everything we did was really all about the glory of God and getting to be with Jesus forever. So why do we waste so much time? Hear me, if you want to do the will of God, live for the glory of God. You won't go wrong. You won't go wrong. Whatever you do, be a doctor. Good, do it. You feel like that's what you're supposed to do? Go on after it. But don't do it so you can be a doctor. Do it for the glory of God. Oh, you want to be a CEO? Come on, we need more Christian CEOs. Do that thing. But don't do it so people can put your your name on a magazine and they can clap when you walk in a room. No! Do it for the glory of God. Don't be paralyzed by your decision. Be paralyzed by your motivation. Because if your motivation isn't pure, You're going to fall. How do we know? The devil tried to get glory. And in a moment, what did Jesus say? I saw him fall like lightning. Who wants to fall like lightning? Who wants to get to the end and say, I did this and I did this and I did this. And Jesus say, depart from me. I, I didn't know you. You used my name, you stamped it on stuff, you put it on the back of your work trucks, but it was really all about you. Oh God, oh God, stand with me. My God. I wanna ask you so many questions, but I'm only gonna ask you five. (laughs) Ha ha, that's a lot of questions. (sighs) Do you know him? Come on, do you know him? I mean, I told you, I, I was in a church, active, involved. I was, and I, I had all the outer workings of a Christian, but no new heart. Do you know him? Are you growing in your knowledge of him? Maybe you know him, but you're just stalled out. You've settled right there. Don't settle there, there's more. Are you growing in the knowledge of Jesus are you listening to him come on you know it I can't answer that for you are you listening to him has he been speaking to you and you've been closed I've done it I've read it I read a verse and I'm like oh I don't want to deal with that right now but I know he's trying to talk to me are you listening to him is your deepest desire to live like him is that your deepest desire, or is your loyalty divided? It's okay. Be honest. And then, last but not least, are you really okay with God getting the glory for the good that you do?